It's time for the FC Dallas postgame show on the FC Dallas Radio Network. A disappointing night at Toyota Stadium as SC Dallas suffers their first loss of the season 2-1 to the visiting CF Montreal. Hello, everybody. It is the FC Dallas postgame show brought to you tonight by your local Toyota dealer, Toyota. Let's go places. It's also brought to you by UMB Bank. See how UMB can help you achieve your business goals. Sam Hale, your host here. We'll be joined in a few moments by Ryan Figert, Steve Davis, your commentary team for the evening. We'll get you stats, analysis, highlights of tonight's first loss of 2024. In fact, let's go ahead and start with those highlights. Only one for Dallas tonight. First goal of the match went to Jules Anthony Vilsant in the 20th minute. That made the score 1-0 Montreal. But then the Moose got loose. Petr Moussa got his first goal of 2024. Paul Areola receives it on the turn. Swings it wide for Seeley. Runners in the penalty area. Seeley's going to run at Ruan. Gets Ruan on his heels, but Seeley maybe outruns himself a little bit. Ball in behind for Camungo on the right side. Not in a cross. And Petr Musa puts it in the net. The flag is up. He'll check it. And here we go. The referee makes the box with his arms and gives the goal. Petr Musa off the mark in Major League Soccer. And Dallas back level here in first half stoppage time. Petr Musa goal number one for FC Dallas. That made the score 1-1 at halftime. But then Joseph Martinez, the former MLS MVP, scores one in the 60th minute. And Dallas cannot get one back, so they will lose all three points tonight to their Eastern Conference foe. Let's get you tonight's ha- uh, postgame statistics brought to you by UMB Bank. Dallas did win the possession battle 55-45. to They had 10 shots, 7 on goal. Montreal had 10 and 6 in that regard. Each team had four corners. Meanwhile, you had six saves for Jonathan Sirois, four for Martin Poss, 17 fouls for Dallas, a very physical game for FCD, just five for Montreal, yet each team ended up with two yellow cards. Let's bring in our commentary team for the evening. Owen Newkirk. Uh, you're not Owen Newkirk. You're Ryan Figured and Steve Davis. It only took 90-plus minutes, but it happened eventually. That's Ryan Figured. That's Steve Davis who called tonight's match. And, lads, it, it's safe to say the performance last week and this week were very different. What went wrong tonight for FC Dallas? Uh, well, I would say, uh, again, credit to Montreal. They had a really good plan. They executed it well. Uh, Dallas, the, the big picture here is that uh, a lot of players didn't have a good match. I think last week, you know, I, uh, I just looked back over my notes and looked at how many players I thought had really good matches last week, Ryan. And this week, I, I'm, I'm struggling to pick out somebody. I, I thought Patrickson Delgado was pretty good as he came on in the second half for injured Sierra Yaramendi. Um, you know, and Musa maybe had his moments, but after that, I, I struggled to find somebody that really had a good game. And I think what happened, guys, is that I think some weaknesses for Dallas got exposed tonight. We know that speed along the back line was not gonna be this team's forte, and it really showed tonight as right away Montreal, they understood if they could just get down that right side with Juan, that's gonna expose one of Dallas's vulnerabilities. It certainly did, that was the first goal. Second goal, Joseph Martinez, not the fastest guy, he darts in behind Omar Gonzalez. Gonzalez can't turn quick enough, that's the second goal. So. So that really got exposed a little bit, I believe. And I think also there's an element of experience in the shape. Montreal having played the shape a lot more than Dallas have. Ruan 
throughout his career has pretty much exclusively been that right wing back, and he torched Dallas a couple of times in behind Dante Seeley, who's still getting to adjust to that left wing back role. That said, though, to your point, Steve, the speed across the back line, but even then, the nuance, knowing when to go, when to step, when to track your runners, it just didn't seem to be there. The connection between Gonzalez, Junka, and Seeley on the left left a lot of space, left a lot to be desired. And ultimately, the defensive weakness is what cost Dallas, in addition to what was a really ineffective possession I, 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 performance with the ball. I, I think if you draw the lens back even a little further, uh, I, I think what we can see is that as FC Dallas comes, comes into the year, they understand. Uh, you know, they, they didn't create enough offense last year. So they try to create a shape where they can get a little bit more attack. It worked last week. Uh, you know, and, and I think eventually it will. But what happens is as you create a formation and make personnel adjustments to get more attack onto the field, uh, you know, to get yourself more attack, there is a cost. And I think the cost tonight was that their defensive shape, to your point, just they, they don't have it dialed in just yet. Uh, in transition particularly uh, with Bernie Kamunga was interesting. We, we noted that on Bernie Kamunga they told him, look, just – Make your runs. We'll defend behind you. We'll figure it out behind you. Well, they might eventually, but they didn't figure it out behind them tonight. There was obviously 22 players tonight. Montreal did pretty well. Was tonight more of a case of Montreal adjusting to what Dallas did well or Dallas not really playing what they want to do well, or was it just a mix of both? I don't think it was Montreal adjusting to anything. I, I think Montreal did what they did last week. Uh, I, I think Montreal did a lot of what Dallas wants to do. Honestly, Sam, I think they just did it better. Uh, they looked more aggressive uh, in finding that and finding the pockets. You know, right away it was two passes to connect, get behind with the run. Two passes to connect, get behind with the run. You know, that it, it looked like they were really well drilled in that concept, and they did it. And then the other plan was, uh, and I guess there was a little adjustment, I beg your pardon. Uh, instead of pressing with three and then dropping everybody back, which is kind of what Dallas does, exactly what Montreal did last week. Press with three, leave a little gap in behind it, but then now you got seven in behind. In this case, what they did was they didn't press with three as often. They dropped right into a mid-block, a line of three, a line of two, and basically a line of five, and they're all within 20 yards of each other, and it's just hard to get through there. And Dallas needed to adjust to that. They did to the, in the second half for a little while, starting to hit some diagonals out wide, but didn't get enough of them, didn't, weren't effective enough. And then, Ryan, you saw it in the second half when – they did get Junka loose or maybe Dante Seeley on the left side. Crosses weren't good enough. No, the, the individual quality in the attack wasn't there outside of the goal and maybe one or two other buildups. It almost felt like Dallas was realizing what was happening, what Montreal was able to do out of the shape, and almost kind of lagging behind a little bit, learning from them. Because what did Dallas do? They went down the right side. They went to Camungo in behind the same way that Ruan was getting in behind the Dallas left side. So it was a mirror match in that way. But again, that experience in the shape and the experience of Joseph Martinez able to outfox Omar Gonzalez in that run in behind is ultimately what wins them the game and a gutsy road performance. I think there's a lot of individuals in the FC Dallas locker room that are going to have a look at themselves, at their performance, and be really disappointed tonight. I thought Paul Areola was far from his best. He didn't combine. He didn't do what Camungo was able to do as a 10 last week, which is either win the foul or advance the ball up the field. Paul Areola committed a ton of fouls in this game. Dallas committed 17 as a team. Now, did the referee have the best game? Maybe not. Did he, did he allow Montreal to take a couple of dives? Maybe. But even then, you have to realize and be aware of the situation not to commit those ticky-tack fouls because that broke up the game in a way that didn't allow Dallas to build any momentum in the second half. 
And of course, missing Yaramendi is huge. He's the most important player on this team, without a doubt, in my opinion. You know, Jesus Ferreira was a year ago. They really didn't win without Jesus Ferreira. They're not going to win many games in this shape without E.R. Mendy and what he can do as a metronome, bringing the ball from the back three into the forward lines, connecting, picks up an assist tonight, got a goal last week. He's so important, and losing him at halftime was really, I think, what brought an end to the momentum Dallas started to build with that Musa goal in stoppage time. We, I do want to get into some individual performances, but what does it say about Dallas that last week against San Jose, 21 shots, tonight against Montreal, just 10. Also last week, 10 corners against San Jose, just four tonight. That's a big disparity. What does that mean for the difference in, in performances? That they just weren't getting into the attacking third with the, in any kind of effective way. Uh, just too much passing around the midfield, not quick enough in the passing. You know, the whole thing, uh, once Dallas is in possession, if they're not going to get in behind quick, then they're going to go back to what they did last year, which is moving the ball around, trying to move the defense. You know, what uh, Pep Guardiola says is uh, we don't pass to move the ball. We pass to move the defenders. Well, that's fine, except once you move a defender, you got to be a little bit more aggressive, and that next pass has to be quick. The combination has to be quick. Once you see the moment or see the pass, you got to go there. And honestly, tonight, guys, it looked too much like last year where it was just safe pass around the perimeter, safe pass around the perimeter, nobody wanting to move in behind, nobody wanting to make the pass in behind. And again, without Ayara in there to make the pass in behind, they don't have a lot of players on the field who are really good at it. And, Steve, just plain and simple, Nico Tevez had a couple of decisions to make when it came to the lineup. One, how do you fit Farrington in? Do you fit Farrington in, or do you drop him to the bench with Musa coming in? How do you fit Bernard Camungo in? Do you fit him in? And then how do you deal with the lack of Ibiaga and the lack of center back, center back depth with Korcha out, Farfan out, Giovanni Jesus out, all not available as backups for Ibiaga on the right side? Do you think Nico Tevez, now having seen how that played out, will he regret those lineup choices that he made? Yeah, I, I think if you want to sort of turn that around a little bit, Ryan, and say looking forward, what choices would you make? I, it's interesting because I, I don't really want to see Nicolas Tevez say, well, 3 4 2 one didn't work. we got to go back to 4 2 3 one. But, but if you look at the personnel right now, you know, with center backs out and you don't really, you know, you really need three, three starting quality center backs, you know, if you're going to play this way, uh, if you play in a four-man back line, you can bring Marco Farfin back in maybe uh, or put Junka back where he's a little bit more comfortable. And you only need two center backs. Uh, and also right now, I'm not sure besides Sealy they have the ideal candidate, you know, to play the other wing back. You know, Bernie Camungo just hasn't quite figured it out yet. Endoli struggled a little bit over there. Uh, you know, maybe it's maybe it's Arriola, you know, moving him over there. Uh, but right now they don't really have two spots that they really need, which is, two really effective wing backs and uh, you know enough center backs right now at least until maybe Korcha uh, can get himself healthy so and it is interesting that one of my keys was that the wing backs it's okay if wing backs cancel each other out then the game gets one in other spots that's okay you know I said Dallas has to at least do that and then win more their share of the battles if they want to win the game well I think we'd all agree that, uh, especially at the right side of wingback, Juan was a lot better than Bernie Camungo tonight. And he's got a lot more experience at it. And it was a season debut for Jesus Ferreira. He came in 30 minutes off the bench, replacing Logan Farrington. It looked like a season debut. It looked like he had been out for a while. What were your impressions, do you think, of, of Ferreira coming off the bench? Well, I, th I think what's going to help is when a guy like uh, Peter Musa plays with Ferreira a little bit. I mentioned in the broadcast that there's a spot over on the right side that 
you know, Ryan, you and I and Sam, we've seen uh, Ferreira now for, for two or three years find that pocket, right center channel, or maybe all a little closer on the right side at 30, 35 yards out. He drops a wonderful ball in. Right, he can drop it in right between the center backs, right around the six. But Peter Musa doesn't know that right now. And I, I suspect that he'll know it pretty soon, and he'll understand that once, once he gets that ball in that spot, it's just recognition in the moment. Pull yourself right, you know, pull a center back out, get yourself right in between the two center backs, create a little indecision in there, and then go get the ball because Ferrer's going to put it in a good spot. So I, so I don't think it's just that Ferrer was a little rusty, although he, he probably was. I think the players around him, uh, A, don't, you know, I got like Farrington, I got like, uh, I got like uh, uh, Peter Musa and Farrington don't know him well enough right now. Also, it's just tough because at that time, Montreal is dropping all the way back. And uh, there's just not a lot of room out there. I want to tackle some individual performances, but first let's head down to the locker room. Our own Garrett Melser uh, talked with Bernard Camungo after tonight's loss. Yeah, guys, I'm here with Bernard Camungo. Bernie, not the result you guys wanted, especially at home. What was Montreal doing that made them so difficult to play through? Honestly, I think uh, they stuck to, to their games. Uh, I think they had a game plan, and they just trying to execute it just like us. But I think we just miss a little bit of intensity of, you know, pressing and just being togetherness and just trying to win the ball back. And I think that's just something that we got to, you know, got to work on, you know, going to the next game. And, yeah, this one is hard to take. You had the assist on Petr Moose's first FC Dallas goal, a great time to run. What did you see on the play? Oh, no. I mean, this is what I do, you know, just make sure I, you know, look up to the guys that have the ball, if they have time and space, just try to make a run behind and give them an option. So that's all I try to do, and they find me, and then I was, you know, I didn't think I was going to score a header from there, so I was like, okay, let me just try to find somebody that's in a box. And, uh, yeah, congrats to Pitar for scoring his first goal. Going on the road next week up in New York, what's the mentality heading into that one? Oh, yeah, this one we have uh, to just step up and just uh, be ready for whatever's coming because now we see how, how difficult the game's going to be, and, you know, we have to take every t- every, every game and one, t- one step at a time and just try to win every game up from now. Bernie, thanks for your time. Really appreciate it. Best of luck next week. Uh, thank you. Back to you guys. Thank you, Garrett. Thank you, Bernard. And Steve, Bernie there kind of confirmed something you said earlier, that Montreal just outdid what Dallas wanted to do. Yeah, that's it. Uh, Montreal had a good game plan, executed it well. Sometimes that's uh, sometimes that's uh, it's as simple as that. But I, I will add, uh, the plus sign here is Dallas just not getting enough good individual performances. And one of the better performances, although I think we will see better ones, was uh, Petr Musa that uh, Bernie insisted on his goal. We expected a little bit of a, a shorter night for him, but he went he, almost the distance. Uh, what did you think of Musa's first outing with FC Dallas? Yeah, he definitely uh, got tired there toward the end. He just wasn't wasn't as active. Uh, look, I'm gonna, I'm going to grade it incomplete. You know, I, I I think it's great that he got the goal, uh, but I, I said a while ago, you can be the best striker in the world, and if. You know, if the offensive entries aren't there, if, if you're not getting into the good attacking spots, uh, he, he's not getting service. I mean, he's a guy that I think is going to need a little bit of service, and Dallas just wasn't good enough in the attacking third to to uh, provide much at all when they did get into some spots. Uh, you know, uh, Montreal's doing a pretty good job of defending the crosses, or Dallas is just hitting ineffective crosses. Yeah, I think the crossing really let him down. He didn't have much to attack outside of the goal. Camungo heading it back across for what was, you know, a well-placed tap-in. But I, th- I think the connection with Farrington wasn't quite there. Again, those two playing together for the first time. And honestly, very similar profiles. And, and trying to fit those two together is going to be a challenge for Nico throughout the season. 
There is one moment that Musa almost showed some incredible magic where he took the ball down, flicked it over three players' heads, and was there to tap the ball in if it wasn't for Ariola, who wasn't quite on the same page and went for it a shot for himself. So if he scores that, then we're talking about the best debut in FC Dallas history. Instead, it was a pretty solid debut, and I think there's a lot more to come. Yeah, it's funny because I think you're right. As, as uh, he loops that ball over the defenders and spins around, I think Ariola is looking at the ball. He's looking up, and he doesn't see that Musa spun himself and is about to get get on it, and uh, Ariola just sort of gets in his way, and that, that's just bad luck on that one. What do we make of Ariola's night? Because you mentioned it both on the broadcast. It was definitely not his best performance at all. But what specifically was he doing or not doing that just made it a rough night for the captain? Well, look, I, I think he was a little sloppy on the ball, but he wasn't the only one. The other thing I would say is that, you know, it's a little bit of a new position for him. There's there's just not any room in there. I, I described a while ago the way Montreal played that mid-block, and it just really limits the space, and that's just not Paul Ariola's game. His, his game is to is to to make these darting, slashing runs that opens position that opens up space for other players or that he can get on the ball on the move. You know, his game isn't to sit in there like Jesus Ferreira and absorb ball in traffic, absorb balls in traffic, and then play little combinations. He could do a little bit of that, but that's not really his game. So it's uh, it was a tough game for him in two different ways. You know, he wasn't good on the ball, and it, and it was a tough environment for his skill set. And I'm interested to see if we do see him as the right wing back at some point because I think it suits him better than it does Bernard, and Bernard playing as the underneath player suits Bernard better than playing on the wing back. Does Ariola have the up and down pace at this point in his career? Probably not. But does he have the knowledge and, and the soccer IQ to know when to go forward and when to expose the back line behind him? Maybe. And it would be worth, I think, seeing at some point throughout the year. Yeah, you know, look, you can have the the, uh, the knowledge, uh, you know, whatever. Or you know, Bordy Kimungo, you said, you know, has, uh, has the wheels to get up and down, but if you don't recognize when to do it, it doesn't really help that much. So... Uh, so the other thing is that Nico Estevez told us that Bernie just needs games there. So maybe the short term is that, uh, well, you can take him out, but maybe the long, you know, if you play the long game, maybe you just leave him in and, you know, and uh, just sort of count on him figuring things out and, and getting a little bit better. Uh, by the way, guys, uh, just a couple of things real quick here. Uh, all is not lost tonight because, well, two reasons. Uh, Houston's already lost tonight. And uh, and Austin plays at Seattle, and I think uh, oh e even though Seattle's missing some players right now, some important players, uh, my guess is that's not going to turn out well for Austin. So, so you know, you know around Texas, uh, you know, they're not going to lose ground at least to the Texas teams. I, I don't believe tonight. Uh, the other thing is that if you look at the schedule, it's sort of a bigger picture. Dallas opens the season with the first three of the first four at home. They go to New York next week, but then they're back in Texas after that. So. You say, well, how many points would you like to get out of that? I think you want five, absolute minimum. Uh, you know, you'd probably take six, and then you want, you know, you'd really like to have seven or eight. Well, they're, you know, or, or nine. They're not going to get that, obviously. But because they won last week, they're still in a position to get six points here out of these first three at home, and that's not bad. You, if you average two points at home over the course of the season, you're going to be fine. I don't think this was the one they circled, though, as the one that they would probably drop. Fair enough. Especially considering the players that Montreal lost yeah. along the way. Yeah. But an early season gut punch is a moment for the team to look at themselves, think about how can we train better, how can we do the little things right that are that it's going to take to win an MLS. And you heard Bernard in that in that brief interview with Garrett say, "Hey, we're going to have to look at ourselves and figure out and realize how difficult games are going to be and how difficult things are going to be in this shape, particularly for Dallas as well." So. It'll be interesting to see on the road next week in, in New York how Nico Estevez tweaks the personnel, tweaks the system. 
Steve, do you think any glaring changes that stand out to you now? Maybe Ima Chomasi coming in either as a wing back or into the back three. We saw him train there this week. How do you deal with that front three with Ferreira probably ready to start by then? Uh, yeah, also, uh, you know, Paxton Pomichol, is he going to be, uh, can he be a little bit more of an influence? Because, uh, I, I, again, sometimes I think Fraser is a, is a good player, but I think they're needing, especially if Yadamendi isn't going to be in there, they need a little bit more of an impact player, a little bit, somebody who wants to go a little bit more box-to-box. Uh, I, I saw even when Pomichol did come in, he looked a little rusty. But as soon as he makes a pass, he makes a darting run forward. And they need a little bit more of that. You know, Fraser wants to – he's just a defensive-minded player, which is fine. There's going to be spots for that. But, but you know, he makes a pass, and then he retreats into a defensive position. So, uh, a good question on the right side. I, I don't know. Right now it's just a little bit of an issue. They've got some candidates there, and nobody's perfect for it. Steve, I want to go to you on this because we – Tonight, which I found a little strange with Farrington and Musa up there together. Yeah, well, well I'll push back a little bit. I, I think Yadamendi uh, knows his body, and – you know, I, I know that they want to be cautious with him. And Nico Estevez said last week that uh, they probably wouldn't have pushed him through all 90 minutes except that it was the opener. They needed the goal. Uh, so I think uh, it might have just been precautionary tonight. You know, if you're, if you, if you're feeling it a little bit, uh, uh, you know, let's just go ahead and get you off the field. So I, I wouldn't be shocked if, if we see him next week. I will say next week it may be a good time to see New York because what Nico Estevez teams have done before – uh, especially when they play St. Louis, is they don't try to play out of the back. They just say, okay, well, if you're going you're gonna to press us up here, we're going to play back behind you. And that's what I anticipate them doing, not trying to play out of the press as much, play through the press as much, but just going over it. And maybe that's what they need to get them into the attack a little bit quicker because, uh, you know, it, it just they just didn't get into their offense enough. So maybe if they could play – a little bit more on the run, a little bit more in transition. It'll get them into their offense a little bit more next week. A two-pronged question to finish this out here. Dallas has been a little bit more defensive on the road under Nico Estevez. They've tended to play for a draw. Do you think that will be the case uh, next Saturday? And if so, what does that look like with this new 3-4-2-1? I, I would say, Sam, uh, that in that in those cases, he's not really playing for the draw. What he's doing is trying to just control the game uh, in a different way. You know, you can control a game. Uh, even when the other team has uh, 65% possession. Uh, so I, I think what he's trying to do there is just play a little bit more in transition, play a little bit more defensively, and then, you know, and we did see it. This was They were pretty good about this last year, where they would just keep the game low, keep the score low, uh, you know, really kind of draw out the game, and then try to, you know, really kind of turn it on in the last 15 or 20 minutes. They were pretty good at it last year, and that's what uh, I anticipate next week. And we'll see again who's available, who's yeah. not, who can start, who can't. But it may be a case where, again, you absorb pressure for 60, 70 minutes, and then you can bring on, again, Jesus Ferreira or Petr Musa mm-hmm. or Logan Farrington, these guys that can get you a goal. And, you know, it's going to be about battling. New York is going to test your physicality. They're going to test your mentality. Are you up for the fight? We'll see if Dallas is up for the fight in their first road test in New York. Well, a Petr Musa goal was not enough to get Dallas the home win tonight. They fall 2-1 to Montreal. As we mentioned, next week, it's New York Red Bulls in Red Bull Arena. It's a 6.30 kick from Harrison, so pregame on the FC Dallas Radio Network will start at 6 o'clock. For Ryan Figert, for Steve Davis, I have been Sam Hale. This has been the FC Dallas pregame show. We will talk to you next week when FC Dallas plays New York Red Bull. This has been FC Dallas Soccer presented by Toyota on the FC Dallas Radio Network.